Hey, this is Carrie Peters and Stacey Morgenstern. And welcome to Better Than Ever, a Health Coach Institute podcast, where we're here to question how we do life because the normal rules no longer apply. Hey, everybody, it's Carrie Peters here, and I'm with Ms. Stacey Morgenstern. Hey, Stacey, what's up? What's up? What's up? We're here to talk better than ever. And because we're real, we're real close to Valentine's Day, I think let's talk about better than ever relationships, but not necessarily with other people. I think, Stacey, maybe we want to talk about relationships with ourselves. What do you think of that? I think that's awesome. It's so funny that we're we're on this topic right now because oh, I was just having this um, with my daughter. I have a seven-year-old daughter and was having this question of martyrdom and this idea of being in relationship with yourself and loving yourself, kind of what we were talking about having as a theme for this podcast, but this idea that we're uh, seen as like giving or generous or not generous or almost like uh, you're seen as selfish if you're not giving beyond depletion. And then there's never enough. Like, I feel like I'm never enough of me to go around. There's more than everyone in my life or even business or daughter or the dog or the cat or the environment or community or my mother, my sister, like everyone wants more. And there's this pain of not being enough. And when that happens, start to turn onto ourselves. Have you ever had that experience? This is exactly... Feeling like you're not enough. This is exactly what's occurring in my life right now because, you know, I, 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 my daughter is only, she's turning 15 months. And so I'm just figuring out how to do life with a child. And I'm still very much in the learning phase and looking around going, wait a minute, there's way more <laughs> demand on my time from all sources than I will ever have time for. Mm. So at what point do I say, like, what gives? You know what I mean? Where do I, am I, it feels like this, a zero sum game of either, like I was, I had a, a, a weekend with two of my best girlfriends and they're in a similar situation where they work and they're married and they have kids and and we were talking about like, so at what point do you dial things back? Like, do you, does something get taken away from the relationship with your partner or spouse or is something taken away from the relationship with your daughter? Or do you dial back at work or do you dial back on self-care? Like there's a sense of, um, you know, it may be one thing to say you can have it all, but in day-to-day life, and you look at all of the things coming at you from dawn till dusk, what does that actually mean? And is that actually possible? And the thing that I love about this conversation that we get to have here, Stacey, is getting to examine that and see, like, what does having it all mean for, for a woman in this day and age in particular? Because we have so many incredible opportunities and also like more responsibility and demands on us than ever (laughs) before in history. So like, well, I, I think that what it takes is a re messaging 
we've been taught to take care of everyone else yeah. before we take care of ourselves. And, the, and we for, have forgotten how to take care of ourselves. What I'm really in touch with is I'm not even sure what I need and want a lot of the time until it's already so far gone that yeah. I'm exhausted and resentful. So we have to actually like go back upstream and change the messaging and be responsible enough to take care of ourselves uh, so that we can give Um, so that you've got to be um, that you've got to be good to, to you to be of service to others. You got to keep your cup spilling over and what spills out of the cup is for them. And what's in the cup is for me so that we're giving from a place of surplus. So yes, you can uh, have it all. And we sure, sure we can talk about what that looks like and everything, but I think the starting place is where is the giving coming from? Is it given out of obligation or is it given out of surplus? And when it's given out of surplus, we find that uh, we love to give, actually. It feels really good to be of service. But if we're giving when our cup is low, we get resentful. You know, it's interesting. I I totally have gotten to the point where I recognize that anytime I feel resentment toward anyone or anything, it is like the, the red flag to me that says you're not getting something that you need. And Mm. instead of figuring out what that is and asking for it, you're defaulting to resentment and sort of wallowing in being a victim (laughs) and kind of like enjoying the, Oh, poor me. Um, it's so hard kind of thing instead of being like, no, there's, there's something, my cup is empty. What do I need to put in there? I love that, that image of, um, that what's in the cup is for me and what goes like flows out to others is for others. So that there's always something in the cup. You know, I was working with um, one of my coaches and gosh, is she fantastic. And she was having me imagine um, motherhood as uh, like an ocean. And that when you have an ocean, um, if you are to go into the ocean and, and get a bucket of water, that there's still a lot of water left in the ocean and that one mm-hmm. bucket is not depleting the ocean. And to like reframe this sense of like, actually there is plenty for me. Like I can't, you know, it's, it's like this thing of regardless of whether or not you have children. Cause I, I feel like I noticed this in, in when I was single and did not have my daughter is that there was a sense of there's not enough for me. 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 There's not enough money. There's not enough time. There's nobody to go out on a date with. I'm, I'm not going to get to decorate my house the way that I want. I'm not going to have enough clients. Like this whole like haunting sense of there's not enough for me. And I, you know, I can't, I mean, I can't say like since having a child that that's the only thing that makes it so hard. That's not, it does make there's, it's another layer of complexity. That's for sure. And it's an intense one. But I think that if I'm honest with myself, that patterning was there before I had her and now it's just like flaring big time and going like, Oh my gosh, now I'm really having to, um, 
have come to Buddha conversations with myself before I end up on the floor, you know, like crying and throwing my phone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's a practice that actually I, this whole cup metaphor that I was just saying and that you liked was Gregory had a coaching session with an intuitive, this woman, Kala Wright, uh, um, two days ago. And she gave him the assignment of taking a little shot glass and keeping it full or what he did was having it spill over. So he just put a little dish underneath the cup and his homework is to keep pouring water in the cup and seeing it overflow as a reminder and a practice to be giving from that surplus. Mm. And there's something really interesting. Um, A Course in Miracles says, when you give to others to the degree you sacrifice yourself, you make the other person a thief because they're stealing from you what you need for yourself and they don't even know it. Aye. Aye, right? (laughs) Damn you, Marianne Williamson. (laughs) And to point to resentment, because resentment is both an attack on ourselves and when we can no longer hold that charge, it's an attack on someone else, which brings us back to the loving yourself conversation. Mm. So when you're feeling resentful, hopefully we can be more in the practice of catching it even before it happens. But know that, you know, if it has happened to you before, it might happen again. And that resentment is a sign that there may be an unexpressed need or expectation that you want met. So this is a really good practice in loving yourself and also teaching those around you how to better love you. So the exercise, what is the unexpressed need or expectation that I want met? And to realize that communication creates partnership to have a better than ever relationship with yourself, which of course, again, is you are the cup flowing over. The more you are loving yourself, the more that you can love others. And then the second practice, Carrie, that I'd love to share is um, to be to be asking, even looking in the mirror, you can start with yourself, look at yourself in the mirror and say, how can I love you better today? And you can ask this of others too. It is Valentine's day. Like what an incredible gift of a question. And imagine a world where we had the habit of asking each other, how can I better love you today? I'm writing that down. That's a writer downer. Writer downer. Writer downer. How can I love you better today? I, I, I'm like, I'm moved by that. It makes me, it chokes me up a little bit to think that, um, there's, I can ask that of myself. My poor body would be like, sleep for the love of God. <laughs> oh, young children. Oh, um, but I, I, I think about asking that of myself and then even just asking my husband, like, wow, what a 
that's an amazing question. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a great question for really any relationship. You can ask anyone this question and to be in the practice of answering it. So Stacey, how can I love you better today? <laughs> you can say, I love what you just said. <laughs> well said well instructed and I'll get you with that one later on for sure (laughs) for sure you know there's a there's a question about this you know relationship to self that I think is interesting to to throw out on the table and that is something that you you said a moment ago that I really love by the way (laughs) you catch that that? instant gratification oh my god see how quickly I did that Um, I just feel so loved. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's that quote, you know, you've heard, you can't love, you can't like love anyone until you love yourself. So are you loving yourself then? Oh, am I? Well, because you just loved me up. So (laughs) I'm loving what I'm saying. Welcome to the the narcissistic narcissistic people of America podcast. That's how to have a better than ever relationship with yourself. No, that's right. Uh, no, but this is a question of you can't love until you love yourself. Um, I, I do agree with that, and 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 what what that that's that can be a real teacher because it it reminds us to how to get more and more in alignment with ourselves. Uh, if we, let's say, for example, we'll bring it to, we're both mothers, um, and we're both daughters, but let's bring it to our daughters. And if there was something about myself that I don't love, and now we're all works in progress, I'm still working on loving myself wholly and completely and just those little teeny, teeny niggles that every once in a while poke their heads. And can I even love that part and that part and that part? And if I'm not, then what is being transferred to my daughter because she is part me? So when I look at her, is she receiving the transmission oh, you don't love that about yourself? Well, then I'm not lovable either. That part of me is not because she's looking to me to model. So I feel a responsibility to do the work, to love myself wholly and completely so that she has a a model for that. Wow, I just had a major aha, like major, major, major and that is, you know, one of the things, Stacey, you know, that I've had um, a really fairly severe postpartum depression and anxiety. And I didn't even know that there was such a thing as postpartum OCD, but apparently there is. <laughs> and I experienced it. And for so long, um, I've been worried that, oh my gosh, my daughter's going to have felt that in me and who knows what kind of choices she'll make about that. Will she think it was her fault? Will she spend her life, you know, attracting people who are, you know, unhappy and trying to make them happy and sort of torturing myself over what impact this might've had on her and sort of hating the fact that I 
have had that experience and judging myself for not just being completely in love with being a mother and thinking it's the most wonderful thing in the world. And if I could feel that way, you know, then maybe she would have a different experience. And it's occurring to me right now, as you're saying that, like, actually, what if I totally loved and accepted Hmm. the, the postpartum depression. What if I totally loved and accepted that anxiety and totally loved and accepted that all the fear and all the worry and all the concern and all the, all the shortcomings and all the things that I didn't know how to do and still don't know how to do. And I just, what, what if I actually just accepted it all and loved it all? And that could be transformative for me and for her, because the truth is we all, we all struggle. We all have challenges and it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't mean that we're bad people in whatever circumstance that we're in. It means that we're human. And isn't that worth loving? It's so beautiful. I'm so glad that you shared that. And I want to make sure that you are capturing that in some way so that you can journal about that later because it feels important. (laughs) You must be a coach. (laughs) (laughs) You ever thought of coaching for a living? Yeah, no, you're right. I'm going to write that down. For yourself because that's a really, really like a gem that I don't want to have lost for you. Um, So important. And um, I don't, I don't have the right soundbite for it in this moment, but just to also love that she gets to witness, even though she's only 15 months old, but on an energetic level through this consciousness, she gets to witness the transformation of your consciousness, which also has value. Mm -hmm. So that when she grows up and she is finding things about herself, she knows within her being that you can go from judgment to love. Mm. Nice. Rider downer. Rider downer. And I do believe that self love is the um is the beginning of the antidote to peace on the planet and ending war. The war begins within. And when we can no longer attack ourselves, we start attacking others. And it comes from this place of scarcity and separation. You know, this comes back to a lot of like losing our sense of tribe and belonging. And so when we're attacking ourselves for not being good enough, smart enough, skinny enough, successful enough, all of these ideas, not a good enough mother, all this deservability comes up and then we have to go cutting other people down just so that we can have a normal that we can exist. And as we begin to love ourselves and heal that self-love, I, I believe that we are healing the world. Yeah. Mm. I'm totally writing everything down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is like a massive reframe to take 
to take these things about ourselves that we think are problematic or terrible or awful or whatever and say like what what if I what if I loved it all and was grateful for it and what if I could look at all of it um as if I was you know watching someone experience it in a movie and have compassion go wow that person is really they are really fighting the good fight they are going for an outcome they may not know how to get there but boy are they going for it and that's that's pretty incredible. I think there's a, um, you know, I think one of the things that I do think we all want to experience to a certain degree is freedom Mm -hmm. and peace within ourselves. And I think one of the, I don't know if it's the only way that might be an interesting conversation, but one of the best ways to experience freedom and peace within oneself is complete self-acceptance complete acceptance. I mean, this, like you were just saying, those wars within Mm -hmm. and being able to see that war within that I was having in a different way and just accept it and love it. It's like, Oh my gosh, what a feeling of peace. Yes. Around that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there's, yeah, there's some way of, um, looking at ourselves every day and, and falling deeper in love, even with the aspects of us that are flawed. And I guess the way that I've been practicing that is I zoom up to the, you know, a corner of the room and see myself down there having an interaction, maybe it's an interaction with myself, or maybe it's an interaction with someone else where I'm feeling small or some version of that, or having some internal dialogue of not being good enough or, or justifying reasons why I'm not lovable or cool enough or whatever, not enough in some way. And to zoom up to the top of, of the room and see myself there having this interaction or having this dialogue. And then it suddenly opens my heart to compassion for just the human experience. Yeah. And part of the reason that I think we have this, these experiences is because, and and that it seems like they keep reoccurring or keep coming up in different variations is because we haven't healed the collective pain body about this. We're not the only ones who have pain. Everyone has pain about this and the world is in on a healing journey. And this is one of the reasons why I think people are drawn to the path of coaching because you get to work on yourself while you also assist others in this same self-love transformation. And the world really desperately needs healing and the fact that more and more people are drawn to this path, whether they're drawn to having a coach of their own or to becoming a coach, um, uh, that just shows that there is change happening, even if it's difficult to feel it and sense it and see it. But change is happening faster and faster. People are catching up and falling deeper in love with themselves. Now, we also still have a lot of war and violence happening on the planet. But it's you know, that thing, things are moving. Things are moving. 
and we each have a choice point. There's a path of going to uh, perpetuating the war within, and then there's the, the path of a better-than-ever life and a better-than-ever relationship with yourself. So fork in the road, which one do you take? I would like to take the blue pill or would I like to take the red pill? (laughs) I don't know. We'll see. That's the fork in the road. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not an easy path. Like I remember a client once saying to me, I'm tired of being strong. I want to be weak. Yeah. Like, I just want to be rescued. I just want to be taken care of. I'm tired of being strong. So you know, that's an interesting, again, it goes back to, we have a self-responsibility that we're not really taught that much, but that we have to, um, take care of ourselves so that we can give. And when you forget how to take care of you, you, you do forget how to take care of others. And that's where we're perpetuating this scarcity and this deficit instead of regenerating it. I agree. And I will say that one of the things that I I found in this this new motherhood is the sense of, you know, having a responsibility of needing to know what I wanted, that whole sense that you were just saying of like, please, someone swoop in and save me. Um, I remember having a coach tell me, but you, you have to know what you want and you have to ask for it. And I was like, do I have to do everything? I have to be in charge of that house. I have to be in charge of everything. And now I have to be in charge of getting what I want. Like it just sometimes seems like I'm too tired for that. Um, (laughs) I I don't even know. Like I have, you know, how do you even start? Which I, I feel like is one of the benefits of having a coach certainly being in a coach training, but having a coach at least, because when you're in your situation, it can be hard to see, well, where's, what's the first step to take? Like, what's the first thing that you can do to discover what it is that you need to fill that cup and, and how to ask for it? What's, what's, and in some, in some ways, um, there's a sense of, well, gee, if I, if I figure out what I want and I ask for it and I get it, then I don't have a reason to be resentful and bitter anymore. Don't, <laughs> don't take my resentment away from me. Uh-huh. <laughs> I want to hang on to that. <laughs> yeah. It, it's so true. It's so true. And I want to address the first thing that you said, which was being so tired and I don't know what I want, what I mean. I can't even ask for it. I just don't like, ah, you know, it's so hard, but that's exactly what I'm talking about is that we have to back it up before it gets to that place. Yeah. So that we're building habits that before the day, it's a non-negotiable that before the day is done, you take care of you. Right. And that that's in place already. And it's, it's automated because habits, which is what we teach, of course, at the health coach Institute is that we train masters of habit change. Habits are those automated choices that happen every day. Now, some people have it automated that all of their energy goes out every day, all day, and they never really replenish. They keep promising that they're going to replenish. So what keeps them going is, uh, hope which is continually turns into adrenal exhaustion. Um, 
and other people have the, the habits of systems in place, automated choices that support their thriving. And so where I think we have to make a change is that it doesn't even get to that point where you're so exhausted that you can't even, you don't even know what you want and you can't ask for it anymore. It has to already have been in place when you are resourced. Because again, this goes back to, then that means somebody else is going to be responsible for giving me a break. You're responsible for my happiness because I've lost my way on how to make myself happy. Now I'm going to expect you to do it. And that is just a downward spiral. And it, it, you know, I'm sure you've experienced it. It doesn't, it doesn't go well. No. Well, and it goes back to the question, can you really love someone else until you love yourself? And there's a, a piece of that that's like, well, if you're not really loving yourself and feeling, um, feeling that, then when you're, when you're loving someone else, are you really needing things from them to make yourself feel okay? Or are you showing them love? Like, I think that's a fine line. If there are places where, like when I was, um, when I was single before I met my husband and I met him when I was 38. I mean, I just had decided I'm not some, I don't think I'm getting married. I'm not having kids. I, you know, that whole thing isn't happening. And it's maybe I'm really glad that it isn't. (laughs) I was kind of happy. I liked my life, but I was, I did want to be with somebody in some capacity. And I remember, um, feeling like, man, for all the relationships that I had prior to, my husband, I was, I was really making my boyfriends responsible for doing things for me that I wasn't willing to do for myself. Mm. Like I remember one boyfriend I had, um, wasn't very ambitious. He just, he, he was someone who had a ton of potential to do extremely well in his career, but he just was not, he just wasn't a go-getter. He, he, he just wasn't, that wasn't his personality. And I remember getting so angry at him for going, why aren't you, you know, going out, you could be doing this, you could be doing that, you could be doing this, you could be doing that. And I, I would like push him and nag at him and, um, be upset with him. And it didn't occur to me until years later that, oh, I was the one who had the ambition And I didn't feel like I could express that or that I knew how to express that, or I didn't know what I wanted to be ambitious in. And so I projected like all of it onto him. And it certainly was not good for our relationship. I ended up, we ended up breaking up of course. And it didn't occur to me until later, like, oh, if I, if I had just been able to express my own ambition, would I have would the outcome of this have been different? Maybe I wouldn't have needed to push this on him and sort of make him into someone who's going to fulfill my needs. It it occurred to me as I was like dating and learning about relationships and learning about myself that at the end of the day, we're always looking for, we, we, we say we're looking for the one. And what I discovered is that you're the one you're looking for. You are the one. And when I discover I'm the one, oh, I'm the one who can be everything that I want to be and and like have myself fulfilled in all kinds of ways. Oh, that's going to come from me. That's never going to come from anyone else. Mm -hmm. Uh, And when I realized that it was like, oh, I'm going to end up being with someone, not because I need to, but because I really want to. 
because there's a companionship and partnership and, you know, shared experience and uh, all kinds of reasons that I may want to have a relationship, but not because I'm looking for the one who's going to complete me, i.e., uh, oh my God, I can't believe I'm forgetting the name of the movie. We all know it. You complete me, Jerry Maguire. <laughs> like, you complete me. Like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> if that's what you're feeling, that's a red flag. <laughs> like, to, to be a complete and whole person doesn't mean you don't want to be with someone. doesn't mean you don't love someone. It just means that you're complete and whole and that you're not relying on someone else to fulfill your personal potential. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes great sense. Absolutely. I, I, I'm not going to sit and say I'm an expert on marriage. I've been married for two years. I mean, wh- you know, what do I know? I'm just learning. But one of the vows uh, that my husband and I put together, or one of the, I think it was his, one of his vows is that um, honoring the fact that he said, I know you don't, I know you're here because you choose to be, not because you need to be. Um, and that I, I, I like, I vow to honor that in you. I don't, in other words, I'm not going to try to manipulate you into a position where you need me so that you'll never leave me. (laughs) 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 And I thought that was really, uh, well, that's something uh, that having been married for 20 almost 22 years now, um, that sovereignty is part of what keeps attraction alive because there's no hooks, right? You don't have to stay with me. You choose to stay with me. You choose to be with me. So to what you were just saying is not a have to, a get to, and a want to. Yeah, I think, you know, in my previous relationships, and there were so many, (laughs) and they were so dysfunctional, but in most of them, I needed, I felt like I needed to be there more than I wanted to be there. And what's interesting about that is, a lot of the guys that I dated, Stacey, like I wouldn't be friends with even. I actually didn't like them very much, mm. which is fascinating. It's like, oh, wait a minute. So I was sleeping with you and living with you, but I actually don't like you. What <laughs> <laughs> with that? I just felt like I, I needed them. Like I wouldn't be okay on my own somehow. Mm. Um, I think a lot of people have that. Yeah. So I, this, this better than ever relationship with yourself sounds like it's a coming home yeah. into oneself. Right or downer. Right or downer. A better, a better than ever relationship with oneself is a coming home into yourself. Absolutely. You are the one you've been searching for. Take that out on a date. 
see how oh, it goes. Yeah. Let me tell you, they'll be lining <laughs> up. Well, what do you say we we wrap this one up? I think I think yes, and I I would want to complete with a quote that I really love from from Oprah Winfrey who, you know, she's no big deal. She hasn't done many important things in her life or anything. Um, I'm kidding. Of course, I worship Oprah. You know that game? Do you ever play that game of like, who, who living or dead would you like to have dinner with? Um, and she's always yes. like, number one. Well, absolutely. Oprah, of course. Absolutely. Number one. Um, but the, uh, the quote that I love from her that I think is so, so great for today is, um, the biggest adventure you can ever take is to live the life of your dreams. And, and when you're coming home to yourself, you start to believe that your dreams and you have value and then you go and begin to create. Um, and of course, as, as William Shakespeare said to thine own self be true. Um, and that, that really, that's all our purpose is here in the world is to be true to who we are, create the life that we dream. And that's the biggest contribution we can make to our families, to our friends, to our communities, to the world. Love it. Love it. Thanks for listening in everybody. And we can't wait to be with you on the next juicy discussion. Thanks for tuning in to Better Than Ever, a Health Coach Institute podcast. For more information on our programs, please go to www.healthcoachinstitute.com. Comment and share if you like what you hear.